Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is a changeling toad in a jar, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing fine. That's good. I'm glad you could talk being <laughs> stuck in a jar as a toad. It's awesome. Yeah, it happens. You get used to it. <laughs> I mean, you are there for the rest of time, so... Yeah, all eternity, like, you make the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so how you been doing this week? Well, I'm still sick from last week oh yeah you don't sound it's like death today never-ending sickness no no i've just got a sniffly nose still that's never going to end as long as i live <laughs> so you don't sound so much like death but you still like feel like you're dying yeah i feel a little bit like death but it doesn't interrupt the podcast so it's all good oh well i'm glad you're feeling better brandon um uh, did you do anything fun this week not really i am quite excited for this weekend why is that because it's a three-day weekend bro why do you get a three-day weekend because it is the greatest holiday of all the queen's birthday the queen's birthday hell yeah oh man how old is she do you know no i don't care about that sloppy <laughs> old woman but we can't I see do that. get a day off of work <laughs> <laughs> i get a day off of work so she is the best i love the queen i wish she were she's my all queen. right she's on my money <laughs> yeah she's not on mine i think she was on the canadian money i don't know i don't want to talk about that because i don't know for sure once we make the are you afraid of the dark fan pilgrimage we'll see to canada i've been yes. to, have you been to canada because i have yeah I've when did you go to canada i went to fucking niagara falls one time was it before we met no what? I don't remember any of this. You didn't tell me about your Niagara Falls adventures. Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> it was when I went to Boston. We went to Niagara Falls. You went Falls. to Boston? Yeah. This was in like 2005 or something. Oh, I don't remember this. Well, you weren't there. Well, I know. You didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't invite you and I probably just didn't tell you. You were just like, I don't think you did. <laughs> I was calling your house. Yeah. Nobody was answering, and I was just like, well, <laughs> guess I guess I'm going to play Golden Sun on my DS or something, or whatever the fuck I was playing in 2005. Probably Resident Evil Outbreak. Yeah, probably. You played that for a long time. So do you want to get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it! <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I love it. So we just got done watching episode 11, The Tale of the Dark Music. Um, I'm going to ask you, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. It's probably my favorite episode in a while. Yeah, you know what? I hated, absolutely hated the music in it. <laughs> Which is funny oh, because it's called God. The Tale of the Dark Music. Yeah, it was the most music episode thematically. And it's all sucked. Th- it was just total dog shit. Yeah, I hated the music. The most boring episode, <laughs> The Hungry Hounds, had the best music. Yeah. And this episode is awesome and it's just fucking terrible yeah i know i thought that the whole time just like every new guitar rift i was just like kill me like just make me deaf god please <laughs> and it didn't happen <laughs> which i'm thankful That's for now unfortunate. <laughs> you know when you're when you're at your lowest you know sometimes you wish for death and it doesn't come and then later on it gets better and you're thankful so that's what happened to me. In hindsight, it's probably better not to be deaf. Yeah. But uh, aside from the horrible music in this episode, um, I really love this episode. It's like my, it's one of my favorites. 
it's good. It gets to the point. It has a, a theme. It sticks with it. There's not like any ridiculous plot holes or anything. Um, it's honestly, I think it's like legitimately scary too. Yeah, I thought so. I think overall, it's the best episode so far. I called other people into the room to no, watch it, you? and I was like, "Is this scary? I think it's scary." <laughs> Would you call like your eleven-year-old daughter in to be like, "This is scary, right?" Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I watched it alone because my wife refuses to watch this show with me because she's too scared of it. And we watched the act on Hulu, which is like a true crime drama about um, like a little girl that she kills her mother. And I'm I, you know, we started the show and I'm like, you know, this is going to be scarier than are you afraid of the dark? Right. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, so why don't you want to watch? Are you afraid of the dark with me? She's like, it's too scary. <laughs> I even have to cut some of that out because she's she was she does listen to the podcast. <laughs> she's gonna be mad at me. The podcast is scary too. So let's 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 start this episode. Uh, the episode begins with Gary. He's pushing his face right into that campfire and he's just blowing into it and he's adding these little tiny sticks to it. <laughs> and Eric yeah. is is sitting on like the storyteller's throne. So is it a throne? Really? It's like a collection of rocks a fancier bundle of sticks yeah it's not like a tree stump it's like rocks that you can comfortably my problem it's probably not even comfortable but that you can sit on i think so it's where you sit when you are the storyteller so i assumed eric was going to be the one to tell this story and i was right because actually i already knew that this was the story so i cheated by having past knowledge but this is another case of this is what the third time now that we've had back to back the same Midnight Society member tell their story the week before and the week after. Yeah, you'd think that wouldn't happen. There's enough kids there that they could rotate them around. I know. And I know the episodes were aired out of order, but come on. Even so, we have like six more seasons of this, so I'm hoping that they get this shit together. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal, but it just seems unfair i mean frank has only had one story gary has had one kiki's had one and Kristen have had one and everybody else has had like two to three because betty ann's had three okay well frank's story had buzz in it yeah and Kristen's story was the fucking worst so maybe it's for the best (laughs) that the gang doesn't allow them to tell more stories yeah but like maybe frank's like Yo, I got a great idea for a story. And they're like, oh, Eric, do you have anything? <laughs> well, you know Betty what? Ann, it's your turn again for the fourth <laughs> week. I think it's a little unfair that Betty Ann, I mean, not that I don't like Betty Ann, but it was a little unfair that she got to tell three stories before Eric got to finish one. Because, I mean, if counting this story, he's had two, but also in the Twisted Claw, he did have like five minutes of one story as well does that count no okay never mind banish that from the history books look the greatest storytellers rise to the top and eric just doesn't have what it takes although apparently betty ann's stories are boring and gary's stories are boring but Kristen's stories that are boring are amazing yes i like i like she I brings to... props to the stories, so <laughs> it's was... exciting I was listening to um, The Hungry Hounds again the other day, and uh, I liked the part where <laughs> you were like, 
because when the dogs were barking in the in the closet or wherever they're fucking at, you were like, so is is Kristen's dog Elvis just barking like for seven dogs right now? And Kristen has to scream the story over the dog <laughs> barking. <laughs> I was like, oh, it really brings you into the story. It does. She's and then she walks slowly. <laughs> she... And the dog's just like she arf, did arf, slow motion arf, kicks. Arf, arf, arf. <laughs> it was great. All right, but getting back to this episode. Yes. Eric's sitting at the storyteller's throne, and Frank comes running up to Eric. Uh, he's all in a panic. And he's yelling. He looks at like him. he's about to piss himself. He does. Yes. And he's he's asking Eric like, "Where were you, man? What the what the fuck? Where were you?" And he's just screaming at him. And um, then Krista walks up to him saying, "It's okay, Frank. We were waiting for you." And it sounds like Frank was late this episode, and Gary still hasn't done anything about Someone's that. Someone's always late. Yes. It's like the only conflict that they can have as a midnight society. Somebody's late. Somebody's sick. Uh, Kristen fucking can't take clown stories. There's only so much you can do, I guess. You can't just be like, oh, I should probably implement a rule about that, and then just never bring it up again. And then be late the next week. Yeah. So Frank is panting and he's telling Eric that they were supposed to come together. And Eric is just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> he starts eating his popcorn. They were supposed to bike pool to they were, the meeting. They were supposed to go arm in arm, just like chained together as besties through the forest to the meeting spot, which I'm going to say is a good idea considering all the wolves in this forest. So it's good. They have a buddy system. Uh, what are they going to do if they come up to wolves? Two people can't take down a wolf. Pack. Throw monkey bone powder in the wolf's eyes and cast a voodoo spell? That might be enough to distract him. Yeah, that that wolf would be so embarrassed if it like was like howling and then it was a chipmunk howl. <laughs> a chipmunk howl? Yeah, it's so embarrassing. Oh my god, he would be the laughing stock of that pack. Yeah, the pack would just like desert him, even if he was the alpha. So Frank gets super pissed and he's yelling at Eric and he grabs Eric's flashlight. And Eric says, be careful with that. That's my father's. And Frank says, I ought to make you eat it. He walks by Betty Ann, who asks, what's the big deal? And Eric starts to like tell what the big deal is. But Frank's like, all right, all right. Just, just forget it, guys. But Eric doesn't forget it. He continues. He says, poor Frankie lost his flashlight. And Frank's like, okay, let it go, Eric. But then it cuts to David. And I don't know. This was so uncharacteristic of David. He's just stoking the flames, right? He's like just egging this shit on. He's like, and what? Like, tell us Frank's weakness. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a little bitch here, and I think it's funny. It was, we don't get very much David, and when we do, it's no, him we like really don't. macking on fucking Kristen and, and giving her jewelry and shit. And then here I he is. I kind of forgot like, he was even a character. I did too. He hasn't been in any episodes like featured really except for no, maybe he doesn't super have sassy comments like frank and kiki no he's like the sweet understanding guy except for right here when he's like eric tell us tell us his weakness i need to destroy him <laughs> <laughs> um so eric tells him he says that frank is afraid of the dark well that answers the title of the show i know are you afraid of the dark in frank's case Yes. Answer, yes. Case closed. Show's over. Show's over. Seven seasons didn't happen. We're done here. Kiki is just completely stupefied by this, which I say that in a surprising tone, but that's just Kiki. So I take it back. Kiki is stupefied by this, again, by just everything. And she's like, what? (laughs) 
So now we know that Frank is afraid of the dark and Kristen yeah. is afraid of clowns. Yes. So we need to narrow down what everyone is afraid of. Okay. Let's do it. If I was in the Midnight Society, I would learn everyone's fears <laughs> and then tell a story that incorporated all of those things. You would be David just sitting there like, come on, guys, what's everybody scared of so I can tailor my tales around it? And then I'd be like, and it was dark. And Frank would be like, oh, fuck, oh, no. And then, <laughs> and there was a clown there. Kristen would be gone already. <laughs> yeah, diarrhea, she's out. So Kristen, after Kiki's stupid face, uh, Kristen makes fun of Frank as well, saying he's not Mr. Tough Stuff. I mean, he had a denim jacket that one time, but okay. I guess he's not tough. Frank looks pretty embarrassed as well as pissed. Like, the camera just kind of watches him for like six seconds or so and it cuts over to betty ann and she says it's okay i get scared in the dark sometimes too and i'm just like man betty ann is just so supportive of everybody seriously except for that one time when she was like fuck you eric but well eric was being kind of a asshole so yeah she did he did tell her two weeks in a row that her stories were boring so that makes sense frank quickly says he's not afraid of the dark uh, that he was worried he wouldn't be able to find the clearing without a flashlight. Uh, which, like I said, is pretty valid. There should be a buddy system. These woods are riddled with wolves. Um, and he yells at Eric saying, you're going to pay for this, man. Old man Gary gets up from his campfire that's in like full bloom. And he says, don't kill him yet. He's telling the story tonight. Who did you think? Oh, you thought this one was going to be Kristen. Yeah, it sounded like a boring Kristen story. <laughs> nope, it's not Kristen, Brandon. Wrong again. <sighs> Well, I feel lucky. <laughs> Why? That it's not a Christmas story? Yeah. I've given her one shot and she blew it. <laughs> you didn't give it to her. She took that one shot. She doesn't she even know who you are. failed. Good <laughs> day. <laughs> so we get another um, week of Eric, even though we just had one last week. Um, and Eric says, yeah, this, is, this story is going to be a good one. There's a widow boy in it who's a stead of the dog. Frank tells Eric he's going to be dead meat, and Kiki tells Frank to sit the fuck down, and she says, don't be strange, which I thought was weird. I thought that was strange. Yeah, that's not really a... What does that mean? Don't be a weirdo? I don't get it. Yeah, just don't be fucking stupid, but that she should just say, don't be fucking stupid. Yeah, on this children's TV show. Yeah, Do it, Nickelodeon, Kiki. just fuck you. Fuck you, Frank, sit down. Sit your ass down. <laughs> so frank tells her nah i'll stand and then it cuts to gary's face and he says just tell the fucking story just tell this goddamn story eric <laughs> eric puts his little popcorn baggie aside and he begins the story appetizer he says well everyone knows that there's nothing in the dark that can hurt you most of the time and it very quickly pans over the faces of a few of the kids who look excited and eric grabs that bag of monkey bone powder and he says his line the submitted for the approval of the midnight society He's calling this story the tale of the dark music, and the episode begins. Immediately, it doesn't even like give you a second to understand what's going on, Eric's voiceover starts, and we're showed a scene of a kid. Uh, he's out on a nice day riding his red bicycle. He's delivering some newspapers. How old do you think this kid is? Like, I thought he was like 14. Uh, 13, 14, something like that. I feel like his he's already like gone through the voice change of puberty because that's just what it sounds like to me yeah he's older than 
Well, I guess most of the characters have actually been, like, older. I expected them all to be, like, Buzz's age. Uh, yeah, like, 9 to 11, somewhere yeah, around there. 9, yeah. 10. Yeah, they are. I mean, Super Specs and Sorcerer's Apprentice both had just high school kids, so, yeah. I'd say he's probably, like, 14, though. Yeah. He's got a red shirt on with a collar, and this na- this kid's name is Andy Carr, and Eric tells us that he wasn't doing so hot. His folks got divorced and his mother wasn't making much money. So he got this paper route to try and help pay for like some bills or whatever his, his, to buy his own lunch at school. Um, but things were still pretty tough. And then one day it looked like his luck changed. His mom inherited some big old house from an uncle that she could barely remember. Uh, just like that. It didn't cost her a dime. And Andy's seen riding up into a house with just a bunch of boxes in the driveway and a woman unpacking. So he helps her. Uh, It's probably his mom. And this must be the new house. There's some workers sitting outside on their porch eating some lunch. And I don't know why they showed us that for so long. Because I don't know. I was like, oh, who are these important characters? They're nobody. Surely we'll get introduced to them soon and they will get up to some kind of hijinks. Yeah, they're going to be the focal but, point of this episode, right? No. <laughs> they just create the dark music. They're some banned. dudes eating lunch. Yeah, they had. it was just weird that they focused on them so long when they had nothing to do with the story. The whole idea of inheriting a house or anything from some long distant relative is weird. It is, because I'm pretty sure that you would still have to pay taxes. So them not having to pay a dime, that's a lie. But I have a theory for that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Eric continues saying that the house was kind of old, but it was a lot better than that puny apartment that they had been living in. It really looked like the car's luck was changing. Except that there were two kinds of luck, and you don't always get the kind that you want. Uh, The scene shifts and Andy's back on his bike now, and it looks like he's delivering his papers when some kind of kid with long hair just steps out in front of him. It was very um, unorganic. Like, you should have seen that guy from, like, a mile away. Yeah. He's just riding his bike, and dude comes out like, Yeah, just, like, steps right in his way. And, of course, Andy hits him, and his papers fly into the air, and Andy lands on the grass. The guy he ran into steps on his chest and tells Andy, You mess with me, kid, and I'll deck ya. Yeah. What the fuck? He wasn't messing with you. He was just riding his bike. Yeah. You're the one who stepped in his way. Yep. He's the one that caused this accident. So Andy's like, what? And the kid continues saying how everyone was glad that your nutbag uncle kicked it. And then you had to come and show up. That's that word, nutbag, again. I know. And this guy is wearing cowboy boots and a skull t-shirt. Yeah. And as soon as he shows up, a random guitar riff plays. So you know this guy's a badass. Every, I think it's every time he shows up, we get a guitar riff. Yeah, that's we? his theme song. His theme song is generic guitar riff. Yeah, I know he sucks, but I don't, I don't mind him so much. At least for the first two thirds of the episode, he's all right. Like his acting is pretty good, given the circumstances that happen i mean he's a he's a jerk to andy but i think he would be a good guy aside from that they give him a little bit of a tragic backstory later on yeah i guess kind of (laughs) (laughs) i mean you see circumstances that might lead someone into being a bully (laughs) yeah i I guess (laughs) not not really but 
<laughs> it's something. Um, Andy tells this kid who his name is Coda, but we don't get his name until like the last couple minutes of this episode. Yeah. I don't know. Should I refer to him as Coda then or just the bully? I referred to him as Coda at the very end of my notes, but I wasn't going to go back and change all the instances of bully to Coda. I'm not either. So Andy tells this kid that he never even met the guy referring to his uncle, but uh, the kid doesn't, this, this kid, the bully, he doesn't give a fuck. He says, your family, it's the same thing. If you get in my face again, your history. Andy asks who the kid is and he says, I'm your new neighbor. Welcome to the neighborhood. What a sweetie. <laughs> That's the welcoming committee. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the bully walks away as some real crappy rock music starts playing. There's fucking guitar riffs everywhere. It's ridiculous. The next scene, we're in the car's house. Andy is bringing up a box into the living room. His sister, I'm assuming it's the sister. It's a little girl. Uh, yeah. is, is sitting in front of the TV, which is making just some generic video game sounds. Bleep, bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, it's like... Bloop. <laughs> I hate it. I want to know what she's playing, though she's playing is it a commodore 64 or something it's just like a game master 82 and she's playing adventure man (laughs) i could have swore i thought that they showed the tv and they showed what she was playing but i must have misremembered it because they do show the controller yeah it's like a boomerang yeah i don't know what it is I don't even I don't even think I had a wire on it. I don't know. Anytime someone's playing a video game on a TV or movie, I'm trying to see what they're playing. Yes, I always uh, want to know. I couldn't see. I don't think she was playing anything. I don't either. Well, probably not. Like, just the generic video game sound effects we're playing. And Mom is struggling to put up a vertical blind. <laughs> Mom yeah, is struggling is. to put up a vertical blind. Failing miserably. She fails, yes. She's complaining how stupid these are. I'm like, lady... You just fucking you, you push it into the holder. It's not hard. It's not that hard. That's at probably all. why they were poor before. Because every time she got a job, she was just like, uh, "How do you work this register? Uh, <laughs> you press the it. buttons." <laughs> She's like, "How do I put a box on a shelf? I don't get it." I, uh, Andy opens up this box that he brought into the living room, and he pulls out. Did you see this thing? He pulls out this incredible shark figurine. I thought that thing was I awesome. I didn't notice it. My wife pointed it out to me later in the episode. Did they show it again in the episode? Because that no, thing was she was just like, "Did you see that shark thing?" And I was like, "No, what?" Yeah, I love that thing. I want it. I want it a lot. Sounds badass. I always just want the scenery of this show. I'll take a cheetah cookie jar, a fucking shark figurine. I'll take that when hand in a jar. When we go on just our good fan measure. tour of Canada, I'm sure that's in a museum <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That thing is awesome. I bet you my son would like it too. Shit, all your kids would probably love that fucking thing. Sharks for everyone. He asks his mom what his Uncle Miles was like. And mom says she doesn't remember as she's trying to smash these fucking blinds into place. (laughs) (laughs) She says that the last time she saw him, she was Christina's age. So Christina's the little sister. Yeah, she's like uh, six, seven. Yeah, I would say probably between seven and nine. Let's go with seven. Okay, let's do it. She's seven. (laughs) Mom gets pissed about the blinds, and she says, this is useless. Go downstairs and see if there's a ladder down there. And Andy says, the basement, in a way that makes it sound like he's scared of it. He's going to shit his pants at the idea of having to go in the basement. 
you know what? I think the actor, like, I like the actor. Andy, he, he does a good job for the most part. He makes some fucking weird faces in this episode. But aside from that, he does a pretty good job. The problem I have with this episode is that I think that the actor is a little too old for this. I know that that whole episode is, like, about being scared of the dark in the basement and stuff. But for, like, a 14-year-old kid to just be like, Mom, please, no, I don't want to go down in the scary basement. Like, I, unless he got, like, beaten by his dad in the basement or something, I think that the role should have been for, like, a younger kid. Yeah, maybe. I didn't think about it. I did. <laughs> He's just some wuss kid. I mean, I guess that could happen, but I don't know. I just feel like I mean, this role should have been for somebody younger. Is the story meant to be, like, based on Frank? Or is it just a coincidence that it's about a guy who's afraid of the dark? I think it's a coincidence. I don't know. You think, like, Eric made this story up because Frank confided in him that he was a, he was scared of the dark? Yes. So he used his friend's weakness. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't blame Eric because remember that one time Frank waterboarded him? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in this very episode, he, like, smacked the flashlight out of his hand like a little baby. He did, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Frank has it coming to him. He does, yeah. So, Andy seems to be scared about going into this basement. And Mom's like, yeah, there's just a bunch of junk down there. And Andy's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then his douchebag sister starts in with a mocking, saying, What's the matter, Andy? Afraid of the dark? I like how she says it. She has not that great of an actress. No. Can I even call bad. her an actress? She's a girl they paid to be on set. Yeah, she probably didn't get paid much because she didn't do a good job. They said, you can play these fake video games. Yeah. Just sit here. Just get into this fake video game. And she's like, all right, pay me in peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Andy's like, no, I'm not scared. I guess this is another instance of being goaded into doing something by twerpy chicken and all that you know it's very effective it is so he starts walking over to the basement as his mom says be careful down there it's a real mess we're treated to some tension buildup as andy twists the door handle to his new basement he turns on the lights and he just very slowly makes his way down there very very slowly very slowly he approaches the basement like it's a dead body yeah it takes forever Finally, he gets a good look at the basement, and Mom was right. There is just a ton of shit everywhere. I'm assuming that some of this stuff was just from Uncle Miles, too, because there's just a lot of garbage down there. I'm assuming that's all from Uncle Miles. It might be. The camera pans around to show us all of the shit, um, and it lingers on an old door that has, like, a latch on it. And Andy turns on a hanging light, and he just he just immediately uncovers an old music player. Like, he's just, like, attracted to that thing. Yeah, he's down there looking for a ladder. Like, it's not going to be under a little blanket No. on a shelf. It's like, dude, you're not even trying. No, he didn't try at all. He barely looked around. He got distracted by a fucking blanket on a on a radio or something. And he just had to, he had to fucking take the blanket off and hook it up. Immediately, he plugs that thing in, and then he starts fiddling with the knobs to try and get some music playing yeah for someone who didn't want to go down there at all in the first place he's he gets down there and immediately is like oh what's this let's hang out basement's cool yeah. basement's fucking awesome my new chill spot 
so the music starts playing out of this really old player and then the camera looks over at the the door with the latch on it and it starts to jiggle and andy gets a little scared and he hears the jiggling and he says i heard that who is he talking to i don't know like he doesn't even really react to that i mean he says he he says who heard, i heard that but that's all he does he like goes right back to yeah. fiddling with the radio just like i heard that monster all right back to this <laughs> Cool radio podcast. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they don't have any pets or anything, so I don't, I don't know who he could be. It's either about. a serial killer, yep, or a rat. I don't know, I a don't mummy. Know. But either way, being like, I heard that is ineffective. A rat's not going to be like, oh, sorry, I'll be quieter next time. And a serial killer is not going to be like, oh, I'll leave. Sorry. So. No, he's going to kill you. <laughs> He tunes the radio um, into just this absolute god-awful generic rock station. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, fuck yeah, this is my jam. <laughs> it's just guitar riffs. There is a lot of generic rock music, and yeah. there's not a single vocal or no. lyric in this entire episode. No, there's not. It's just all... He just changes the station to FM, or... Uh, he changes it to AM, and it's just, like, the worst music ever. For an episode that has music in its name, the music in this episode is the worst that we've had so far. And there's been episodes where we don't even mention it's music. It's just shit. It's worse than elevator music. So the door behind him unlatches, and it just swings open. And Andy asks who's there as he walks closer to the door. And then these two red glowing eyes appear in the darkness. And it says in a very proper voice... Hello, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was laughing about. He's <laughs> so nice. Like, hey, Andy. How you doing, man? Oh, sup, and? <laughs> and then it gets deeper and it says, Come on in. And then the camera zooms into the eyes and Andy screams and he backs up and he knocks down the old radio. It falls to the ground as he runs up the stairs and then... Uh, sparks shoot out of it and fire for some yeah, reason. That thing is obliterated into a million pieces. Yeah, it's like it's managed damn. to survive five hundred years in that basement <laughs> until Andy, Andy breaks it after thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, why is there fire popping out of it? Like, is the wiring shitty in there or something? Is that why he only got terrible music out of it? <laughs> It's not a mirror. There's not shitty wiring in there. No. <laughs> so we cut to the Midnight Society, and Betty Ann says, Ooh, Boogeyman in the basement. I love it. And then we cut to Kiki, who says, Uncle Miles may be dead, but he's not forgotten. What? I don't even... How did she make that connection? I don't know. Gary says, Ooh, and the kids do in unison as well. And Kristen says, Yeah. <laughs> these interludes are so pointless i know why did we need to see them all go Ooh. i don't know but i feel stupid when i just said all that so betty ann asks frank if he's okay but it looks like he's just gone um he's not even where he was standing earlier uh you can hear a wolf howl at this point too so he's probably getting attacked he's <laughs> probably dead yeah, you can assume he's being eaten whatever <laughs> they waited for him earlier but they're not gonna wait for him now nope yeah, he's probably buried in that shallow grave from the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Well, it's lucky they had that there then. Uh, cuts I out mean, the work. someone was inevitably going to die. <laughs> Kristen asks where he went, and David says, I didn't see him leave. 
and Eric mocks Frank saying, I told you he couldn't take it. He's too chicken. Gary tells him to shut up and keep going with the story. Frank will come back. And Eric continues saying that Andy freaked and ran upstairs to get his mom and that Andy's worst nightmares were coming true. What's his worst nightmares? Boogeyman and the polite red eyes. Yeah, what? probably somebody properly telling him to come on in. It's very specific. Well, everybody's got their own little personal worst nightmares. I'd tell you mine, but then you'd dethrone me as the podcast host. Yeah, I would tell a story specifically to make you shit your pants. <laughs> Andy and his mom and sister are all walking downstairs, and he's telling them that it came from that door, that a monster was in there, telling him to come in, and that I'll suck your blood or something like that. And that's his words, not mine. I didn't. Yeah. paraphrase or you know make it up or anything so i'm like where did the sucking of the blood come from all he did was say come on in i don't know it's been like 30 seconds and he's already <laughs> embellishing the story <laughs> he's like um, and then it came out and it just bit me and it was scratching me <laughs> and it said i'm gonna kill you if you don't give me a thousand dollars i don't know he said we gotta get an Xbox. <laughs> In 1991 or whatever. <laughs> hey there everybody, Cortland here, your best buddy and your paper boy. Brandon and I are excited to announce that we're going to be doing a giveaway. To celebrate us finishing the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark, we're going to be giving away the complete first season to one lucky winner. In the description of this episode will be a link to the giveaway, which will list steps that you can take to enter in. There are multiple ways to enter, and the contest will be up and running until July 22nd, which is the day before our Season 1 wrap-up episode comes out. If you have yet to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, be sure to do it through the giveaway link so that you enter in to win. Our Twitter handle is PRVTIsland, Instagrams is Private Island Presents, and if you're feeling like you want to chit-chat, go ahead. I'm always happy to talk with anyone. Email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com with anything you want to talk about. Are you feeling generous today? Well, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or any other apps where reviews are available. You could always leave a nice comment, too. Brandon and I love reading them. I'd like to thank All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for our show and Brandon for the artwork. Be sure to enter into that giveaway, and for now, I'll let you get back to our 11th episode covering the tale of the dark music. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye! (laughs) Uh, Little sister tells Andy to get lost, and mom just freaks out on her. (laughs) She's like, like yelling at her, she's like, get the fuck upstairs! Get back upstairs! now so little sister but does the mom she comes down with a, a hockey stick i think it is yeah which i like because yeah, she says it's probably a rat most parents in these shows would just come down and be like all right you fucking bullshitter let's go see this monster like not believing the kid but she's got a weapon she's ready to fuck this monster up yeah she's got a hockey stick she says it's probably a rat or something and andy's like no it came from it came from the door and it was talking. So she opens the door and the basement up uh, that the monster was in. She looks left and right in there, ready to fucking bean whatever's whatever's in there. And then she just starts laughing, which is weird. 
Um, she tells yeah. Andy to come and look over there inside. She turns on the light. She says, look around, and it's just the root cellar. So I don't get why she was laughing, because this root cellar is literally just an empty room. Yeah, it doesn't really explain anything. Like, I thought she was going to open it, and she laughed, and I was like, oh, it's going to be like some mannequin or something in there that she's going to be like, oh, that's what you saw. It was but no, it's nothing. just an empty room, which doesn't explain anything about what he saw. No, and I that's why I'm... I didn't get why she was laughing about it. Like nobody opens up a door that they, their son just told them there was a monster in there and sees that it's empty and then laughs at them about it. It didn't make any sense. How do you feel about this mom, by the way? She's not great. I don't think she's great, but she says some of my favorite lines in this episode. Other than uh, coming down with the hockey stick, like she's not that great. I don't think she's that great, but also I think she's probably the most, most important parental character that we've had in the show so far yeah i don't think she would tackle a mailman i don't think so either no and she wouldn't like forget her home keys even though she used her car to drive yeah she's got her shit no she doesn't she doesn't have her shit together (laughs) no not at all (laughs) (laughs) she she wouldn't fall into those classic are you afraid of the dark stupid mom things andy just looks around the root cellar as his mom says that this house is falling apart and I'm like, girl, you don't have the money to restore this house. It better not be fucking falling apart. She finds the broken radio on the ground and asks what it is. And Andy explains he was playing with this old radio. And uh, mom uses it as an excuse to explain away the monster. That it was probably something on this old radio that spooked him. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. He said he saw something. Yeah. He said he saw the glowing red eyes that it wanted to suck his blood. And she's just... She's just like, oh, you were on the glowing red eyes station. (laughs) Andy doesn't really seem convinced, as he shouldn't, because he experienced it, not his mom. Um, And his mom tells him, I know it's been tough, but I really need you to be strong for me right now. Which, um, I thought that was nice, like, character progression and stuff. It was was nice. Yeah. He agrees, and she says, that's my guy, as she fans away the smoke coming out from this crappy old radio and then she heads upstairs saying we should go get something to eat before your fat little sister eats it all (laughs) and andy turns off the light to the root cellar and he closes the door okay this next scene the scene changes to this close-up of this fat man's ass (laughs) and he doesn't have a shirt on and he walks up to the bully kid as he's as, as, as he's cleaning the porch with this bucket of water and a scrub brush. And he says, and don't give me any lip. If you want an allowance, you got to earn it. And we get to see the full embodiment of this man. And he's yes, got, he's got these he striped is. pants on. No shirt. He is an overweight Hulk Hogan looking <laughs> yeah. gentleman. Yeah, he looks like Hulk Hogan. Yes. With Beetlejuice's pants on and yeah. no shirt. He's, he's got this beer belly gut. Um, a hat on with these long, long golden hair flowing out of both sides like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he's in this episode for maybe 15 seconds, and he's my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a sight to behold, for sure. I don't know what they were thinking with this. This should be know. in a children's show. Just from the close-up of his ass to his fat, b- fat belly... It doesn't make I mean, any it sense. It shouldn't be in any show. He should have but... a. I'd be okay with it if he had just had a fucking shirt on. He should have a shirt on. He should have Beetlejuice's yes coat, suit coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. As 
after uh, we're assuming this this is the bully kid's dad. Yeah. So after his dad walks into the house, um, he mocks him for the bully mocks him for a second. Um, as he continues cleaning the porch, he's got literally scrubbing. like a scrub brush, scrubbing the stairs with a scrub brush. Yeah, that's like, like why do you do that? Why? I don't know. That's not a thing. No, I've never had to do that. Just it doesn't make any sense. How dirty could one porch get? It doesn't make any. I sense. I don't know. I don't know. Either. And it's just gonna get dirty right after anyway, because people are walking on steps with their fucking muddy shoes. Yeah. Andy rolls up on his bicycle and he's throwing papers. It reminds me exactly, and this is the second time we mentioned this in the show, like Paperboy for the Nintendo. <laughs> he just like hurls them through the air. And yeah. he hurls this one um, at the bully kid's house and it hits his front door and then it bounces off and knocks the bucket of soapy water just right into the bully kid's face. He stands up all dramatically and he tells Andy he's going to die. And then the chase begins as Andy rides away on his bike. Um, he gets to his house and he tries to open up the door, but it's locked. And the bully's on his tail, so he runs into the backyard and he lifts up the door to his basement. And then he locks it behind himself. And I put a note here that just says the music in this episode is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I put shitty guitar music plays right here. Yeah, all the time. Especially with the bully. The bully kid tries to open up the basement door. He's yelling that he can't stay down there forever, and then he walks away. He doesn't even try for that long. It's like two seconds. Nah. Andy finds a flashlight, and he's looking around his basement some more. He hears a rat scurry around, and then he tells himself to be strong because he's just giving him a pep talk. He walks over to the noise, and his little sister pops out to give us all a jump scare. Andy asks her what she's doing down there, and she says she's been playing. And he tells her not to come down there alone anymore. She makes fun of him saying, yeah, the boogeyman might get me. So did you notice in this scene that there's a hand in a, in a jar? jar? Yes, I did. <laughs> what the hell? It's uh, like a throwback to uh, Vink's cottage. That's probably yeah, Quinn's hand. That's what I thought, but no one mentioned it. I was waiting for there to be some mention of the hand in the jar. No, Uncle Miles but is just a creepy no. motherfucker. That's why the neighborhood That's not hated interesting. Him. Only old radios. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Uncle Miles is just a fucking nutbag. Okay, well... I understand now why Coda wants to get that family out of the fucking house. This family seems to do laundry a lot. Yeah. So you'd think they'd be like, huh, I'm going to move that hand in a jar nope. so I don't have to look at it. Every 30 seconds when we're doing laundry. No, nobody mentions the hand in the jar. We shift scenes again um, back to the living room. It's night out and Christina is playing her video games and she's sitting like super close to the screen. Like my mom would probably be like, you need to back up. But Andy's mom doesn't care. Those generic video game sounds are happening again. The mom walks out and says, and now the fireplace. And Andy is chilling in this giant chair, and he's coloring a picture of the door in the basement. And it's just a really terrible drawing because they show us yeah. it, and I'm pretty sure my four-year-old would be able to. It's like scribbles that. with a crayon. Yeah, that's where this is where I thought to myself, I was like, they miscast this kid. It should have been somebody that was like Christina's age. So at this point, Andy asks his mom. 
who Uncle Miles was. Like, what did he do? And while she's cleaning out the fireplace, she tells us that he was a strange guy. He never left his house, but somehow he got filthy rich. No one knows where the money came from, and the neighbors didn't like him very much. They thought he was loony. Andy asks how he died, and Mom says he was old, and that he just stopped living. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, he must not have got an autopsy? I don't know. <laughs> There's some reason why you die. You don't just stop living. That's not how it works. No, he was just done. He's like, and scene, and he died. <laughs> It's just like, peace out. (laughs) (laughs) She uh, continues saying, they found him in the basement and at the bar. Uh, And then she starts laughing. And she's like, let's change the subject. She looks directly at the camera and says, let's change the subject. Yep. And then she looks over at Christina and she tells her to go downstairs and do some laundry. And um, the sister doesn't respond at all. She's just sitting there playing her video games. So... The mom asks her again, and she just she's just like, fuck off, mom. I'm busy here. So mom looks at Andy, and I'm just like, what? Like, tell her. To, you told her to do it. Yeah, seriously. Do it again. Just take the fucking video games away. She looks over at Andy, and Andy doesn't want to go down in the basement and do this laundry. But the mom says that. I'm filthy. So, so Andy has to go do the fucking laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm filthy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah. Andy's got to go do the fucking laundry now because his mom's filthy. Yeah. On his way down, Christina breaks her unbreakable concentration from her video games to tell Andy not to worry because nothing's down there. And ugh, she's terrible. But I do still want to know what video game she's playing. Down in the basement, we're given some more crap music. So at this point, Andy's spent like two thirds of his life in this basement. Yeah. And every single time he goes down there, he has to have music on. Everything's happening in this basement. It's a hip happen place, man. They might as well just move the TV in (laughs) the kitchen down there. (laughs) Yeah, right. So down in the basement, we're given more crappy music. Um, I thought it kind of sounded like a knockoff Hotel California or some shit. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Awesome. We're on the same page here. That's why we're good buddies. Yeah, that's the reason. Some knockoff Hotel California. We spot knockoff Danger Zone. We're incredible. Andy's putting the laundry into the dryer as the door latch to that root cellar is uh, jiggling again. The camera keeps zooming in on the radio that's playing and then the door latch. And it's just like over and over again. And it's trying to tell us that the monster only comes out when the music is playing in the basement, which is obvious. It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, We should have an interlude here of Kiki like, so the monster (laughs) comes out when the music plays. (laughs) We should. But Missed opportunity. Yeah, right. So the door opens up and Andy turns to see... This absolutely the most terrifying. This is absolutely the most terrifying thing that this show has given this us so far. This is some freaky shit. It's it's this life size doll monstrosity. It has. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram yet, that's at Private Island Presents, and we will be posting a picture of this horrifying doll. Because you need to see this. If you haven't seen this yet, you have to look it up. 
I don't have a intense fear of dolls like some people do, but just it's like a life-sized person yeah. dressed as a doll with a weird moving mouth mm-hmm. that's just creepy as shit. It's got this light blue dress on with these big puffy shoulders. Um, It's got like a sash around, like a lighter blue sash around its like chest or something. The face on it is just, it's got these dead eyes and this blonde curly hair. Um, It's just literally the stuff of nightmares. If I watched this when I was a kid, I would definitely have nightmares. Yes. I'm pretty sure I've seen this as a kid, but I seen it more recently, um, probably like five or six years ago, maybe. And yeah, I was like, holy shit. And then yesterday when I watched it, I was even more in shock. This is uh, it's the scariest thing that we've gotten so far in this show. Finally. Yeah, it's surprising how creepy it is. Yeah. And Andy looks scared as fuck, understandably. I was still unnerved just like watching this right now, you know, as a 30-year-old man. He stands up as the doll is moving closer to him, and then it starts to speak to him. And... Uh, I just want to make a note here that the crappy Hotel California shit music stopped playing, and now we just get this creepy, creepy music instead. I don't know how else to explain it. But anyway, this doll is talking to him, and it says in this, like, playful, like, little girly voice. Hi, Andy. Won't you come play with me? And um, at this point... No. And at this point, Andy's just staring at this abomination like he's entranced by it. Uh, so it continues talking, saying, We can have lots of fun. Just come with me. And then the camera slowly pans down over to the creature's hand, which extends out. And then upstairs, Mom's calling out to Andy, asking if everything's okay. Back downstairs, the doll says, Hurry, please hurry. As Andy is still entranced and he reaches out to grab this fucking eldritch horror's hand. As mom's upstairs saying, hey you, what are you doing? It's a bit weird. Like he's like 14 years old and he's been down in the basement for a minute or two. Yeah. And she's like, oh shit, he's probably dead. (laughs) So she's like, so she flips the switch, which cuts off the power to the music. And then this doll monstrosity screams and it zips back towards the root cellar and the door fucking slams. Mom calls back down to Andy as he like regains senses of his body and and he tells his mom, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I wouldn't be. Well, we get a voiceover from Eric saying that Andy was hypnotized or something and that he didn't remember anything that happened, which is probably a good thing because he'd probably just have the worst recurring horror like fucking nightmares about this shit he didn't get hypnotized by the red eyes no he didn't because he remembered those yeah and he screamed it was just like this dolls we can assume that the creature in the root cellar is like i guess it's just like the boogeyman that can shapeshift i guess maybe it was just this tactic of entrancing the little boy so that he could take him into the cellar (laughs) I said that Andy probably snapped back to reality and wondered why he had shit in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) The next scene shows Andy riding his uh, shiny red bike up to his house and walking in. He's got a backpack on, so we know he's been to school. 
and immediately he finds a note from his mom saying she won't be home for a while, but please go throw these tarps in the wash. So he's got to do some <sighs> more, more washing laundry. It's like he, he just got home. Let him see some daylight before you send him down to that dungeon again. <laughs> well, Jesus, let him breathe, lady. They, I they couldn't think of any other reason to have him getting to have him go down in the basement. Like he went down for a ladder, then he had to do laundry, and now he has to do more laundry. You can't think of any other reason. Like, hey, go get that hand in a jar. I need it. <laughs> need to put, need to bring that to the police so we can find out who this fucking <laughs> like who the body of the hand belongs to. But nope, he's got to do more laundry. This time in the basement, we get this crappy country style music now. Um uh, and it makes the door latch jiggle anyway, even though <laughs> even though the music sucks. But then the radio station switches. And we're given some Playland spook house bullshit. Andy walks over to the radio to try and change the song because it sucks a ton. Uh, but it's all that's playing it on every single station. It doesn't suck any more than any other music that's played in this episode. Yeah, but this one sucks so bad that he wants to go over and change it. <laughs> Yikes. Arguably, I would say that it doesn't quite suck as much as the guitar riffs and stuff. But Andy thinks otherwise. As he's tinkering with the radio, the door opens. And it shows Andy this carny. And he's standing in front of the same stock footage we saw at the beginning of Laughing in the Dark. There's a popcorn maker and some balloons. And the carny, who isn't even played by the same guy that played a vink. Well, that's because Betty Ann owns the rights to that actor. No, well, Frank had him in Phantom Cab. Owns the rights to that character. That carny. <laughs> She'd probably fuck Eric up if he was like... And then the carny from Laughing in the Dark popped out, and she was just like, like, oh, (laughs) hell no. (laughs) So the guy, the carny is is telling Andy to hurry, 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 step right up. Uh, Hurry in, we got games, we got rides, we got prizes like you've never seen. And Andy looks pumped, like he wants to go in there. And the carny says, don't delay, we got all kinds of prizes in here. And Andy starts walking towards this shit, but then he stops. And we get a close-up of the carny's face. He's got this curly mullet and a butt chin. And he says, oh, don't stop now, son. You're almost here. And he, he reaches out and he, and he grabs Andy with this skeletal hand. And Andy screams. And, and it goes back to the carny who's turned into a fake skeleton with a hat on. Like the kind you'd see in a classroom on TV. The kind you'd see on like a shitty Halloween display. Yeah. The skeleton says, uh, what's the matter, Andy? Don't you want to have some fun? And it's laughing, and Andy runs away from it, and he grabs his desk as this vortex fucking vacuum tries to suck him into the root cellar, and it lifts him off his feet like he's getting sucked into a tornado. He's completely horizontal, hanging for his life from from this bench. He's like Superman flying. Yeah, he is. He's kicking (laughs) his little feet. (laughs) The skeleton uh, tells him, Oh yeah, the you know, oh yeah, this is gonna be a show. And then he laughs some, some more, and he's reaching for Andy's shoes. And then Andy grabs the radio that's right in front of him, and um, he, it rips it out of the the wall socket, and he falls to the ground, and the root cellar door slams shut. Let me ask you: sure. Did he grab the radio because he knew that the music would shut off and the door would close, or did he grab the radio to like support him? I think he grabbed it to support him. Like he could get that's a better grip on it. That's what I think. But that but, would be stupid. Like, what the hell, dude? Like that's not going to support your weight obviously. It's going to fucking 
No. And it's you know what else is weird? by a tiny little cord that's obviously going to come unplugged. Yeah. You dumbass. This whole situation, like him getting sucked into the root cellar, being completely horizontally flying through the air, like holding onto this desk like it's like he's on a fucking cliffside. Wouldn't the suction also suck the radio and other shit from this heavily polluted basement into the root cellar too? So it would come off of the wall plug anyway and turn off. So You'd think. My, my thought on this is that he, this is the first time that the monster has actually touched Andy. So I think that's why he got to like focus in on sucking him up. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's what I think happens. Sure. <laughs> so at this point... Why Andy, not? <laughs> I create the rules for Boogeyman around here. <laughs> at this point, Andy's looking at the radio, and then he figures it out, that the music is what summons this thing. He plugs the radio back in, and he turns it on, and he watches as when the music's on, the door <laughs> to the root cellar starts to jiggle. What a dumbass. <laughs> like... <laughs> You, you came up with this theory, fine, you're a genius. Yeah. Why the hell would you immediately plug it back in when it just tried to suck you into hell? I don't know. Just to, I don't know. <laughs> just to figure, see if that was really what it is. Like if it's, Is it that important to know for sure? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I would have been like at the, maybe the top of the stairs to test it out. To I would have been uh, maybe halfway to Manitoba. <laughs> Um, so he figures this out, he tests it, and he says, I gotta tell mom about this. And he runs outside, and he gets on his bike, and he rides right into the bully, who says, uh, nice day for a ride, isn't it? And then he fucking punches Andy right in the face. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, this, I don't think this just, would be shown today. He just straight out punches him. Just straight out decks him right in the face. Um, Andy falls to the ground, and he says, stop, I gotta go get my mom. And the bully helps Andy up. And he says, your mom's not going to help you now, kid. And then he punches him in the face again. <laughs> yeah. It was shocking. It was. So many TV bullies, like, just talk a lot of shit, but don't actually do anything. Yeah. But no, he, j- he just ridiculous. fucking knocks him out. Yeah, like, Andy has a black eye for the rest of the episode after this, after getting the, sh- the, after getting the shit beaten out of him. Yeah. Uh, he tells Andy to get used to it. Um, I'm going to beat on you for the rest of your life. A garbage truck like honks in the distance. And the bully grabs Andy's bike um, as Andy's pleading for him not to do it. And I'm like, I, at this point, I'm like, what? What's going on here? But he throws Andy's bike in front of this garbage truck. And like a bent wheel rolls by Andy. And the bully tells Andy that now he's going to have to deliver his stupid newspapers on foot. And he says, oh, and you'll never get away from me. And Andy clutches his face and then he groans. That seems pretty dangerous to throw a fucking bike in front of a moving vehicle like that. Yeah. That could have caused That's like dangerous an to the truck. That's dangerous to himself. That probably caused but, damage to the truck and Coda just like walks away like nothing happened. To be fair, that truck would have had plenty of time to see the kid approaching it with a bike held above his head ready to throw it. Yeah. Could have just And he, that truck didn't slow down at all. It's a residential no, it area. And it's like, beep, beep, I'm coming. Fuck you. Oh, you know what? He was probably late, like the mailman. I'm yeah. late. Excuse me. I'm late. <laughs> just running over people and bikes. 
That's what it was. He was late. Andy grabs his broken bike and he's sitting on his porch. And he looks all sad. Um, but then he's just like a stinking and he hatches a great idea and he sets to work on his plan. In the basement, he carries down this big speaker and wires it up to uh, play on full blast. He locks his basement door from the top of the stairs. Um, he rolls up this big newspaper and then he says, Howdy, neighbor, uh, for some reason. I don't know why. We cut over to the, the bully who's scrubbing his porch again. Like it got, it must have got dirty again and he's got to scrub it again. That's just all he does. It's the stupidest the only, chore. The only way he can get allowance is scrubbing stairs. <laughs> it's like, Dad, can I just mow the lawn? No, the stairs need scrubbing again. <laughs> so Andy, this is, I like this part. Andy chucks the newspaper at the bully's head. You know, the bully like gets up and he says, when you're done with that, come over and clean my house. You make a good maid. <laughs> the bully gets all pissed and then the chase is on. He tells Andy that he's dead. And just like last time, Andy runs into his backyard and down into his basement. Or so the bully assumes uh, because the door was just like wide open. But Andy was hiding on the other side of the doors. And once the bully goes down in there, he closes the door and he locks it by putting like a broom in between the door handles. Which I think the bully would be able to break open, but nah. he doesn't. This broom is not that thick. The bully tells him to let him out and that he's a little freak. And then the bully runs upstairs and he tries to open the door, but it's locked. Um, and Andy's already up there inside and he says, what's the matter, Coda? You're not afraid of the dark, are you? And that's the first name drop we get for Coda. Um, Coda says that he's going to kick his butt. And Andy says, I don't know, man. I think your butt kicking days are over. And he reaches over to that wall switch and he flips it, which starts up the music on full blast in the basement. Um, which this is probably the worst music so far. Like, yeah, the of music, the episode. The music alone is enough torture. It's so loud. It sounds so loud that the the giant speaker is like about to fall over. It's just like waving back and forth <laughs> from the power of this music. The cellar door jiggles open, and this red light is shown as Coda screams a bunch, and then Andy he flips off the music. And he walks downstairs asking if Coda's had enough. Um, that if he messes with him again, he'll do this shit again to him. The music gets creepy. And um, Andy finds this new awesome yellow bike down there. It's a much better bike than what he had. <laughs> yeah, he had like a shitty old bike with a basket on the front. Yeah, and now it's got like fucking gears and stuff. You can change gears. It was a cool bike. You know, except for it being yellow. I wouldn't buy a yellow bike. Um... So he like looks around, he sees this bike, and then he turns the radio on again, and I don't know why, but and then this light blue light comes out from the root cellar, and it opens up really slowly, and the monster starts talking to him. And the monster says, it's all yours, Andy. I'll give you anything you want, just like I did for your uncle. And Andy asks, who are you? But the monster ignores that, um, repeating anything you want. You only have to do one thing. And Andy's like, what's that? The monster says, feed me. And then we hear the voice of Christina upstairs telling Andy that she's home and that he has to make her dinner and it better be good or he's going to get it. And the monster laughs as the camera pans over to Andy's face and he's just smiling. And that's the end. It's a dark fucking ending for I this loved show. it. Oh my god! I thought, I thought that was awesome. 
I thought the super specs ending was dark. I thought that was as dark as it was going to get. But Andy straight up fucking murdered Coda. And all he got for it was a bike. (laughs) Premeditated murder. It wasn't an accident. He set this up Home Alone style to get Coda down there. Yes. And have the monster kill him. I mean, to his credit, I guess he didn't know the monster was going to kill him, but he almost got sucked into a vacuum fucking... Yeah, what did he think was going to happen? Obviously, he didn't want to just come in and hang with him. He wanted to eat him, obviously. Did he think he was going to go down there and Koda was going to be literally just chilling, having a snack with the giant fucking creepy doll? I don't know. Um, Maybe he thought that, like, oh, I'm just going to scare him for a minute, or, well, not even a minute, like a couple seconds... Like, it scared me for a couple seconds, but he left it on too long. He murdered he murdered a, a human being. And he's going to murder his sister. He, well, we cut back to the Midnight Society, and Kristen says, he didn't feed his own little sister that thing, did he? And Eric tells her no, but he made sure she didn't bother him anymore. So, little sis gets to live. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she, I'm sure... I think I said something about this because you you mentioned, oh, do they always just like shoot the shit about the episode at the end? And and I told you, yeah, sometimes they expand the ending. This is the one I was thinking of because you know that the producers did not intend for them to be like, oh, yeah, she didn't feed the sister to the monster. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, wow, that was a great ending. And then it immediately cuts to Eric neutering the ending yes. by being like, nah, that whole ending didn't happen. No, that was well, very clearly a network that. like, um, you can't have yes. the story end with an eight year old girl being murdered. Yeah, yeah. But I like to think I don't even consider this part of it part of the story. He totally murdered his little sister. Yes. That little girl is fucking dead. Yeah. And he probably got a sweet ass bike again. Another bike. <laughs> yeah, he's just got a garage full of bikes. And no sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, Betty Ann says, cool. And Kiki says, I would have done it. Little brat deserved it. David tells Eric Fucking it was a great ice story. cold. She is. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like her. Nah, I don't know what it is. David tells Eric that it was a great story and the kids all smile. Gary says, well, it's getting late. We got to go. And he declares the meeting over. He dumps the water over the fire. And then Eric asks where the fuck Frank is with his dad's flashlight. He's got to take that back home. Kiki tells Eric to wait for him. He'll be back. And they get up to leave. Um, in fact, they all get up to leave. And Eric's like, wait, wait. I, I don't want to wait here alone. Why can't you just wait with me? And Kristen gets in his face and says, what's the matter, Eric? Afraid of the dark? And he laughs saying, no, no, there's no problem. I'll wait. Um, and he, he waits for like three seconds before he starts telling himself um, a few times that he's not afraid of the dark. Um, and then he starts uh, starts screaming for Frank, saying it's late, and then a wolf howls, and, and Eric starts singing to himself. I don't even know why they would assume Frank is coming back. I don't either. I wondered that, too. I assumed he just... Went home. Yeah, ran off scared. He's like, you guys are being jerks. I'm just going to go. <laughs> um, Frank grabs Eric, and he runs away screaming. Frank looks at the camera with the flashlight shining on his face, and he says, paybacks are sweet. And that's the <laughs> end of the episode. Uh, so funny and lame. It was. Paybacks are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I loved this episode. 
I thought yeah. it was incredible. It I was thought really good. The story was so solid. You know, I loved when Andy was asking his mom about his uncle and she was like, basically she was doing like some foreshadowing for us saying, you know, no, he never left his house. He got rich. Nobody knew where the money came from and he was found dead in the basement. So this uncle was killing people and getting what he wanted. Monster was using yeah. him first. I don't care where the money came from. I want to know where the money went. Cause that's a good point. That yeah. house he was living in was a piece of shit. Yeah. In the middle of some crappy suburbs. He was probably using so... the money to pay prostitutes so that he could feed them to the monster. Cause I mean, he probably didn't use his neighbors cause the neighbors all hated him, but they probably knew something was going on because he, you know, somehow got all this money and like nobody in the neighborhood was disappearing, but people were probably going into that house and he had to get rid of their cars and stuff, you know? Yeah. I loved it. It was, I thought it was super solid. Yeah. It was really good. So what I think about the house thing, how I said, oh, you know, you can't get a house for free. You know, you're going to have to pay taxes or whatever that I think yeah. that the demon, the monster, like somehow forwarded the house to the next of kin so he could keep getting fed so you think the monster was in charge of the estate i think that it's he somehow because uncle miles died in the basement and i think that like the demon like either coerced him into like tampering with the will before he ate him or just like somehow did it himself to make sure that the next family member would come and feed him too I don't really get why he was going to eat Andy at first, though, instead of just using yeah, him from I, the start. I don't understand that either. I'm thinking he was really hungry because it probably was a while since he got fed last. Because I think that the last person that he ate on was um, Uncle Miles before he died. And, Presumably. Um, yeah. And I think he knew enough about the family to know that there was three people that he could use. And so I'm just going to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry now. I'm going to eat the first one that comes down here. and uh, And then maybe the other one too, and then see which one I can use or something. And then Andy fed him and showed that he was a smart kid and that he could be manipulated with stuff. So he's going to use Andy. That's my takeaway of the episode. All right. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had years to think about this. <laughs> and I'm sure you've used it used very it wisely. wisely. Yeah. But yeah, um, super great episode. Probably my top for the season so far. The Tale of the Dark Music, though, I thought it was pretty alrightly named, right? I mean, I guess. The music sucked in the episode, but yeah. what other names do you think we could give this one? Uh, Tale of the Shit Music? <laughs> the Tale of the Dingy Basement? The Tale of the Never-Ending Laundry? <laughs> the Tale of the Vertical Blinds? <laughs> the Tale of the Dirty oh. Stairs? The Tale of that Sweet Shark Statue? The tale of where the hell did that hand in the jar come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think those are good ones. I feel like we could go on and on about this one, though. <laughs> All right, Brandon. So the next episode is called The Tale of the Prom Queen. Um, who do you oh. think is going to be telling this story? And what do you think it's going to be about? I think this is going to be a Christian story. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Not just because I thought this one was going to be a Christian story and she's due. Yeah, this sounds like a girly story. This sounds like a cute little story yeah. with a lot of slow walking. Yeah, yep. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Suzy Q? Yeah, I have with, um, with the Pink Amy Power Jo Ranger. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, 
You think it's going to be like that? Yes, that's what comes to mind. Okay, I'll take it. Um, do you want to give a, like, a little brief synopsis uh, for anybody at home that hasn't seen Suzy Q? I know that movie was like 1995, but... Yeah, it's been like 20 years since I've seen it, but um, there's like a girl going to prom or something. She dies, but her yeah. ghost comes back, and she's got unfinished business. Yeah. And uh, then at the end, she like rides off in her prom car. <laughs> She's done. She completed her task. I don't remember much about this episode, like, at all. I think this was an... I don't want to say this is another one I skipped, but I think as a kid, it's prom, so it's going to be about older teenagers. I just didn't care about older teenagers, I think. I wanted stories mm-hmm. that were more about kids my age at the time. So, I don't think I... Like I think I skipped Three this years one. old? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, on repeats anyway. I was only three when this came out. I was almost four. Fair enough. There's a few episodes with four-year-old main protagonists, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, Day-Day had the mindset of a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd say you're probably right, and we'll find out together. This is okay. going to be episode 12 already. We only have two more episodes wow. this season. It's gone by in a blink of an eye. It's amazing. I still have so much editing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have fun with that. I will. All right. Well, I've been up all night. I'm I'm getting tired. How about you? Ugh, always. I know it's a it's a curse, curse of being human. Not really though. I like sleeping. It's good stuff. It is the best. It's so good that I think I'm gonna go to sleep right now. <laughs> I'll talk to you in about a week. Does that sound good to you? Yep. I'll see you. All right. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.